Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Guess what, y'all? Today, I'm bringing it back to my hometown and talking to a friend of mine out in Dallas, Texas. Yeehaw! Jonathan J.P. Pakluda is a campus pastor of Watermark Community Church and the leader of The Porch, which is an influential young adults gathering. The Porch really is so cool, friends, because there are not many churches out there doing something like this. So it is really awesome, and I admire what they're doing. Their messages are highly influential in the young adults and singles community. And if you don't live in Dallas, that's totally okay because you can actually watch all of their messages live each Tuesday on their app called The Porch. You better believe I have that app on my phone and I listen to the messages all the time. Get it, play around with it. You could also listen to all the older messages too, which I highly recommend. JP has a distinct passion to share the gospel with anyone who will listen, and most recently, he's seen this passion come out through writing as he's released a brand new book called Welcome to Adulting. I just love that title. This book targets millennials and those passionate about ministering to them. It even has a chapter on dating, you guys, so check it out. Today, we get into talking about the ever-so-challenging topic of dating in community. Oh my goodness. It can be so tough to date in the church. It honestly is one of the hardest things to navigate and you guys write into me about it all the time. We want to date, but we also don't want to leave things overly uncomfortable or unsettled if it doesn't work out. We want to be respectful and gentle and loving, but also truthful, which begs the question, how do we break up with someone lovingly? Also, what if you want to date someone that your friend has previously dated? How do we navigate all the different dynamics and situations, you guys? Oh, I couldn't think of anyone better to talk about this than JP, who's on the dating front lines. So here's my interview, you guys. I hope you love it. JP, I'm so excited to have you on today. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank glad we are able to connect. I know. This is awesome. And you are down home in Dallas, are you not? (laughs) <laughs> That's right. I'm looking out my window out at 635. Uh, oh looks like God. one of the sides of the freeway is shut down. Oh, that's Cars typical. Cars parked. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, North Dallas. That's where we're at. I love it. I'm actually originally from Dallas. Well, not quite originally, but my family's all there right now. And I went to college out there. So Dallas is kind of has a special place in my heart. I love it down there. Well, come home. Come I know. Home. Come home to Dallas. You know what? My mom the, will be really happy that you're saying weather. that. <laughs> yeah. Except for the really hot heat in the summer. The last time I lived there was 100, over 100 every day in the summer. Yeah, I'm kidding. We we don't have good weather. It's <laughs> it's either really hot or really hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. My mom will be really happy, though, to hear you say move back home to Texas because she's been trying to convince me for a while. In fact, she constantly tries to find me a husband out in Texas. She's like, okay, I found you another lovely I- man. <laughs> I wish I knew somebody that led a singles ministry that could help you with that problem. Right. I know, JP. 
You could just hook me on up, right? Hey, and I am not, just for those, for our listeners, I am not saying singleness is a problem. It is not a problem. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, but we are glad you're tuned in to the heart of dating. Yes. So, okay, you kind of already answered one of my questions, but I'm really pumped about talking today because, JP, you're on the front lines of dating and community because you, in fact, lead a singles and young adults church in Dallas called The Porch. That's right. It's been one of my greatest privileges in life just to watch God grow this ministry and uh, really to have a front row seat of hundreds and even thousands of relationships and have had the privilege of doing, you know, dozens and dozens of marriages throughout the years. And so uh, this topic, the topic of dating is probably uh, one outside of, you know, Jesus and the gospel, uh, God's word that I'm most passionate about. That's incredible. And actually, you you also have a book that you just launched, right? And that just came out? So just launched Welcome to Adulting. That's the name of the book, Welcome to Adulting. And it's just as for over the past, over a decade, really looking into all of these lives, I have seen young adults, uh, people in their 20s and 30s fall into the same traps and uh, mm-hmm. encounter the same problems. And so we wrote this book uh, with really a heart to be helpful. Like I, I want the person who reads it to read it with their small group, their community group, read it with their friends say, you know, text a friend, say, hey, can we read this together? And that it would be helpful. And there's a chapter in there, chapter eight, that's all about finding a spouse, you know, what to do if you don't have a prospect, uh, what does it look like to date well, and to answer just all the questions on dating. And so excited for, uh, for that resource to be available. That's so awesome. I actually am excited to read it. I haven't got to read it yet, but I'm really excited. And I love the title. You have a very relevant title. Welcome to adulting. So yeah. <laughs> we're adulting. I have one in the mail to you. I love it. It's awesome. It's um, okay. So I also love too that the porch actually, even the name has significant meaning, even when it comes to dating. And I saw this actually on your site and it says that the porch is used to be a place where you dated, unlike dating in the privacy of a movie theater or the backseat of a car on the porch, you dated in the light. The porch is a place to date and live life in full transparency and freedom. And so I just loved reading that. And I was like, that's so cool. I actually didn't even really know that. And I love that kind of significance and meaning, but even just behind your ministry there. Absolutely. In the 50s, the porch was the place where people would hang out. It wasn't in the backseat of a movie theater or even the backseat of a car or even in the bedroom. You know, it was right there for the entire community to look in on the relationship. And and there's just something really healthy about that, that uh, when we're not trying to hide something. And I think a lot of times we ask the question, especially in the church, like, hey, is this wrong or that wrong or this wrong? It's like, hey, if it's on the front porch, it's yeah. probably not wrong. Yeah, that's so true. We could just bring things a little more into the light. So that's really a lot of what we're going to talk to today. So so as a pastor of a singles and young adults ministry, I'm sure you're privy to a lot of the struggles amidst your congregation. And so I guess my first question for you today is, I'm just super curious, what are some of maybe the biggest problems right now that you're encountering at the porch and just amidst the young adults congregation when it comes to dating? I think passivity for men is a big one, all the ladies said amen. Uh, just that you know that they're not uh, initiating, asking girls out. Uh, they don't they don't know what that looks like. Uh, sometimes they're just they're intimidated, and I think the ladies listening need to know, hey, they're intimidated. Uh, they're uh, there's a there's a part of that. Uh, the fear of rejection is a real thing. So that's an issue, and then probably the biggest issue is honestly uh, around the topic of pornography mm-hmm. and just the way that that has changed uh, our views of sexuality and intimacy True. and moved us so far from God's ideal that I, I think a lot of guys are going into marriage, not even with an addiction to sex, but really an addiction to variety 
which is the enemy of monogamy, what God desires for marriage. And so, you know, I always say an addiction to porn is not an addiction to sex. It's an addiction to variety, specifically two-dimensional images uh, by way of your cell phone or your computer. And that is so far from God's ideal. That is like Mm -hmm. the most counterfeit version of intimacy that we could have is, uh, is, is, you know, with an image. And so I think that has really perverted the dating scene. I think it it has changed what guys uh, look for, what they're attracted to. And there really has to be some healing to take place for a healthy marriage to be born uh, out of that, you know, um, out of that struggle. Um, Those are, I think some, then, then I think lastly, to address the women, there's, there's really just this um, wave of discontentment, I think, Mm -hmm. moving uh, through, uh, the scene with the ladies and they don't know what to do with that. It's like, Hey, I, I have a desire for a husband and God says marriage is good. Is that okay that I desire a husband? Is my discontentment a sin? They're, they're wrestling with all of these questions. Hey, can I take initiative? Uh, you know, what do I do? I, I just feel helpless and waiting. And then you see this other overcorrection where it's like, you know what? I don't need a man and I'll, I'll be single my entire life. And yeah. I'm going to, and so it's just, it, it just is this, we, we never find balance in it where it's kind of one extreme correction or the other. Mm, gosh, all of those points you bring up are so, so relatable. And we did do previous episodes on the topic of porn because I completely agree with you, JP. It is very destructive. The addiction is, you know, massive right now and the statistics are really wild. And that is, you know, I've read a lot actually on the hyper hypersexualization of our culture and just where we are right now as kind of like more of a hookup culture at large um, and outside of the Christian church especially. But yeah, it's it's a challenge. And you're right with the women. We do have a lot of discontentment. So love those points. You know, in community, we have a lot of us have a lot of questions on how to really date well and how to date right. And, you know, it's a pain point for a lot of people today because ideally we want to meet someone potentially in our church. We'd love to like maybe even be their friend and watch them for a while and see really what the fruit in their life is. But I think that a lot of people have challenges when it actually comes to dating within their community. And I think that people, there's a lot of kind of unfortunate things happening, a lot of troublesome things happening. And so I want to just kind of ask you some of the questions and kind of break it down to some of the basics here on, you know, how do we determine who to ask out within community and how do you actually ask them out? And as women, how do you say yes or no? Let's say, for example, a guy has kind of observed a woman for a while in community or vice versa, even for the women. But how does that person healthily go about approaching or asking her out? Because I feel the funny thing is that a lot of people just don't even know how to do that these days. They don't even know how to ask someone on a date. They feel like, you know, AP calculus is easier than actually figuring out the science of dating. So what would you, what would you say to that? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think I can be helpful here. Um, so it's just basically if a guy wants to ask a girl out, how should he go about doing that? And yeah. uh, you said, you know, if he's been observing her and let's just acknowledge we use strange terms as Christians. <laughs> as we talk yeah, about observing. Dating. Yeah. Like, like a so specimen, creepy, like yeah. he's a stalker, but I, I know what you mean. And I do think that's wise, uh, you know, and, and the, I understand the heart behind the terminology, but um, <laughs> if he wants to ask her out, so it's, I have, a, I have a, uh, when my son was four years old, he kind of went through this phase where he was uh, like a like a caveman. He just would he kind of grunt and point and scream and uh, cry and and use all of these expressions. And I would I would go to him and I'd say, Weston, use your words, yeah. use your words. 
And that's what I would say to the men out there mm. is when you want to ask a girl out, use your words. And it, I promise, I, I fully empathize that it feels extremely difficult mm-hmm. to get the courage to do that. But the way that you do that is you go up to her, you look her in the eyes, mm-hmm. and you say, I would like to spend some intentional time with you. Would you like to go out with me this Thursday at 7 p.m.? Now, I made up the day and the time, but the rest <laughs> of the words are very transferable. Yeah. You, you look them in the eyes and you say, I am interested in spending time with you. Would you like to go out with me? And I think this removes the confusion. Is this a date, a friendationship? I, I think that is really clear that you are asking someone out on a date name a time and a place, let them know when you're going to pick them up. And so let's just talk really quickly what you don't do. Um, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't send a text message. Mm. I wouldn't use a comment on Instagram to ask someone out. I wouldn't poke them on Facebook as if anybody (laughs) should ever do that. I know. Can we just not do any Facebook poking again? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's ban that altogether. (laughs) So guys use your words and, and, and here's the reality, men. When you do that, there is a real possibility that she's going to look you in the eyes and say, no, I'm mm. not interested. Yeah. And it's going to hurt. It's going to sting for a minute, kind of like a shot at the doctor. Right. Uh, it's going to sting for a minute, but you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to get over that. And, and so just be as clear and as intentional as you can. Yeah. You know, I love that you bring that up too, because I heard someone else say that, you know, if I ask someone out, and this is a man talking, but if I ask someone else, I'll, I have to be fully content if she says no. I'm fully yeah. fine and fully content even if she says no, because I think a lot of the hesitation is that if a guy gets rejected, you know, they they feel it's almost like a hit to their pride or self-worth or what have you. And so then they're afraid to do it again with yeah. another person. And so I think that we have to be like, it's going to, you have to go into it knowing she might say no, and that's okay. That's doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. My, my grandfather said that, uh, when she says, no, you're one step closer to finding your wife. Uh, you know, you have one person out of the way and you keep moving on. Yeah. I love it. And so, okay, let's flip it to the woman side though. So what are some reasons maybe a girl should say no, right? Like what, why would a girl say no? And because I always challenge the woman on my end, like, don't just base it on aesthetics. Don't just say he's not your type. It has to be deeper than that. So in your perspective, what do you think on why a woman should say no if she's being asked out? Yeah, let me say this before I answer that is uh, almost every wedding I've done, uh, they haven't been each other's types. Mm-hmm. And so it, it there's always a moment where we marvel at the irony that she wanted someone who was tall and, you know, dark hair and she's marrying someone short with blonde hair and uh, vice versa. And so, um, you know, if your type is outside of what God desires for you, you may need to like leave that at the altar. And, um, and, yeah. you know, we just don't know, right. It, it, that's, there's silly things out there like, Hey, here's my preference and what I'm looking for in a spouse. And so I would try to bring that under the ideal of what God looks for. He says in, uh, in first Samuel, you know, he looks at the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not, he doesn't look at people the way that the world looks at them. And so for a girl, I, I think as she considers that opportunity, if, if he's not someone who's God honoring, if, if he doesn't have a reputation of treating women well, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you don't, aren't comfortable with what you perceive his motives to be, those are all great reasons to say, Hey, I'm not interested, Mm -hmm. but just because you're not attracted to him or he has a weird quirk or you don't think it's going to be fun. 
I might encourage you to give them a shot. And yeah. so you go to, to coffee with him one time. Um, who knows what God's going to do there? I mean, if he's a man of godly character, uh, if he's someone that, you know, you, you think God's hand is on him, then who knows? He may be an amazing husband, an incredible father to your children. Give him a shot. It's just coffee. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you can say, hey, I, I appreciate, you know, uh, you sp- spending time with me in this way. I, I don't have any interest in it going further. And yeah. you then can use your words as I as I advise the guys and just being really clear and honest with him. So we should be able to keep an open mind when, especially going into a date and especially as women, like if you are saying no to a man, question it. Like what, are you really looking at his heart or are you just saying, oh no, I'm not attracted to him or oh no, he's not my type. I think we do need to challenge that. So I love that you bring that up. So we got to look at the heart. We got to see where his heart's at. Is he pursuing the Lord? Would he treat you honorably and, and amazingly? And you know what is great about that too is if you go out with him to coffee and you may decide he's not for you, you've just found someone that now you can recommend to one of your other friends. And I think that's actually awesome too, because I think what's the beautiful part about dating is in community is that we should be recommending people to other people. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really true. And and I think sometimes we're not attracted to what God's attracted to and it's mm. a sp- spiritual maturity issue. Yeah, and so I've had guys ask me before, you know, should I, should I date a girl I'm not attracted to? And I say, no, you're not spiritually mature enough to, mm. and, and, and they're talking about the physical aspect, right? Um, you know, this girl, she's incredibly godly. She leads in her Bible study. She'd be an amazing mom, an amazing wife, but I'm just not attracted to her. Should I date her? No, you're not spiritually mature enough to date her. Mm. Uh, and that would test some sting to it. But all I mean is you're not attracted to yet what God's attracted to. And so, man, she deserves better than that. So yeah. no, don't date her, but, but because she deserves better. So something interesting all to that is that I recently talked to a few guy friends of mine and kind of asked them, you know, why are guys not maybe asking women out? Like what, what's going on there? And it was interesting to me to hear the, the answer of the men. And so I'm just going to share that with you to just get your thoughts. Some of the guys said that when they're talking, they've said quite often that she is dateable, but she's not like marriage material. And so mm-hmm. I found that really interesting in which, so maybe there's like, that's qualities of women we could talk about. But I think that, um, a lot of the men I've heard, it's like they're, they say, I guess they're talking, <laughs> saying that, yeah, I could date her, but I wouldn't marry her. Which is yeah. Interesting. I think that's something, there's something for women to learn there because mm-hmm. I do think guys, uh, you know, for right or wrong, and I'm not making a judgment call here. Um, but they, they put girls in categories like that. And they think, okay, well, you know, she would be fun. And let's just acknowledge that that's wrong to think that way. You know, she'd be fun for a weekend or for, for a date, but, um, but she's not going to be a good mom. She's not going to be a good wife. And, uh, and I think when a guy wants to settle down, you know, you, there are girls out there that take shortcuts in what they wear and in how they act and, um, and how they act specifically with guys on dates. And they may get a lot of dates, but they, it keeps them single and it keeps mm-hmm. them with the wrong guys for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I think the reason, the primary reason that guys aren't asking girls out, I think that's one of them, specific on the intimacy part. If you consider how God made us, I mean, he gave us these desires and, um, and a part of, you know, those desires, you know, push us into, um, you know, into a relationship like they they force us into marriage if we're going to have sex if we would desire to have sex and god's created sex for marriage then one of the reasons we move toward marriage is for sex well as we talk about pornography and the promiscuity issue out there 
um, people don't need to get married because they're already having sex or they're already mm. experiencing uh, sexual release in that way. And so yeah. I think that's a part of the problem too. Mm, that's really interesting. Let's say that after a few dates and let's say someone's going out with someone maybe that they wouldn't have originally considered and they are enjoying the heart of the person, the character of the person. But after a while, they one person feels like there's maybe not a future together. The first question I have about that is how do we go about really discerning properly you know, what are the steps to really discern that we're not just being led by these false expectations that we may be having? And how do we actually make that decision within community of, you know, this isn't someone who's necessarily compatible for me? So let me say something that may be really unpopular, (laughs) but uh, I think compatibility is a myth a little bit. And so I know like match.com and, and plays eHarmony and whatnot, they, you know, they spent all of this money in, in trying to find, you know, compatibility between couples, but from everything that I see, uh, you know, when you put one selfish center with another selfish center, uh, they're incompatible. Mm -hmm. And really it's the Holy spirit that makes us compatible as we are determined to be selfless toward one another. And I mean, you, you see this all the time. It's, you know, if you consider the divorce rate, whatever it is, let's call it 50%. For the the case of the the sake of the argument, mm-hmm. um, you is, know, yeah, half of the people 50%. out there think, "Hey, we're really, really compatible. We've taken compatibility tests and everything." And then half of them end in destruction mm-hmm. of divorce. And then you have this other big like portion of people that don't get a divorce, but they but they're unhappily married. They're sleeping in separate rooms. And so I think we need to go back to you know what does God look for? Uh, what is He attracted to? And how do I seek that out in a person? Uh, regardless of whether if I think they're funny or um, how much they entertain me or how great their body is, I think those are all things that let lead us astray. And if I could say one more thing on this, yeah, you know, there's Proverbs four twenty three. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. It can feel like an obnoxious Bible verse because it's always quoted, <laughs> but I think there's something really important in that verse that that what we feed our heart, it wants more of. Mm. And so we don't follow our heart, but we inform our heart. And so um, we wouldn't follow our heart until we've told it what to look for. And a lot of times we're feeding our hearts romantic comedies. Uh, like I said, pornography. We're feeding our hearts all of this corruption. And it's like a bloodhound. It's looking mm-hmm. for more of what you fed it. And uh, and so you've taught it to, to a- actually compatibility with the wrong things. Yeah. And so we have to feed our heart God's word. We have to feed our heart, hey, this is what God finds attractive. And then that allow us to look for that. And then to answer your question more directly, I think community can speak into that too. Yeah. Where you can say, hey, I'm not attracted to him. Girls, what do y'all think? Am I off base here? Uh, you know, what is wrong with my heart that I don't find this godly man attractive? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to feel guilty for that, but I do think it's good to analyze and ask those questions. Yeah, that's true. Especially, I mean, I do agree with you that oftentimes we can either fall into an infatuation or we can either and be... Um, swayed by Hollywood and all different and pornography and so many different things that lead us to think like, Oh, that's like, we're supposed to be looking for this and that's not what I'm having here. So I'm going to break up with that person, you know, kind of a false sense of what like true love and compatibility looks like. Um, and I do think to the second part of your point, bringing in community and having them say, really have eyes on it and say, you know what? you're right. Maybe this person isn't the best like match for you, but that's okay. You know, and, but making sure that other people are looking in on it. And it's not just something that you're trying to make the decision on your own about, because yeah. I think then we can, we might be throwing away too many actual good options for us. Hey friends, question for you. Are you ready to take our relationship to the next level? <laughs> 
Don't worry. This is a good thing. I want to invite you to be a part of the Heart of Dating inner circle. I am so thankful for Patreon because it gives artists and creators the ability to raise funds to do what they do best in crafting amazing works for their communities by allowing you, the fiercest of the fierce audience, to sign up for monthly pledges to support. You can sign up to support this podcast for as little as $5 a month, which these days is equivalent to one hipster cup of coffee. Let's just be real. So what's in it for you? Our Patreon clan will have first access to our episodes, as well as behind the scenes looks into interviews, process, and more. It would mean the world to me if you checked out the Heart of Dating Patreon page so we can together empower others to live their best dating lives. Come on now. I really want to continue to bring you helpful episodes, the best possible interviews, and stellar content. You can find out more at www.patreon.com forward slash heart of dating. So I love just like we're breaking it all down here, but these are the questions to be very real that people like are really just like they don't know how to answer. So um, now to the actual point of if people are dating in community and they're in a relationship and they've discerned through community that it's not the right person for them. And let's say it maybe is more of a serious relationship that so they've gone out for a little bit of time. How important is it? do you think to steer clear of some statements during the breakup, such as, you know, I don't have peace or I'm just confused about you. And like, how can we avoid those kinds of breakup and breakups and instead be actually real and honest about, you know, why the person is potentially not a fit for us? Yeah. Well, let's just, let's just talk about some of the pitfalls of breakups. Yeah. I would never, I would never blame God. So Mm -hmm. don't blame your breakup on God. Well, the Lord just tells me, the Lord just told me, you know, that you're not the one or, you know, I'm, I'm so, it's not you, but it's me, man, honesty, like that, that's what we've grown away from. Yes. And so it just, it comes to this place where you, again, you look them in the eyes and you love them and you care for them enough to say the truth. Mm. And um, The truth is, Hey, my heart has drifted. Here's the reasons why um, I, I haven't enjoyed the last couple of times we spent together. Um, I'm really, you know, as I consider someone who I want to be a father to my children, you know, I, I'm looking for qualities that are different than the ones that you have. Hey, here's where I still see immaturity lingering in your life. And I'd like for you to grow through that. And so here's, you know, whenever we go to a place, when our staff goes somewhere, like let's just say for to a retreat center, for example. So I, yeah. I work uh, on a church staff. When we go to a retreat center, we get the entire staff together and we say, hey, here's what I want you to do. Let's make sure we leave this place better than we found it. Let's make sure we leave the person better than we found them. Not with a heartbreak and, you know, like wondering, man, what's wrong with me? And they, they told me that, you know, that the Lord led them in another direction, but I really don't know what that means. And, and a way to leave them better than you found them is to be honest with them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to, to be honest with them, you have to know how you feel. So it takes some thought and time to really consider, hey, what is it? What are my concerns? Mm. What are the problems that I have? Mm. And I think there's a way to do that. With kindness and a, and a love and a gentleness, and it's not a conversation that has to be so critical of the other person necessarily, but that's loving. And I think that there's also a way to receive that in a loving way too, because I think the unfortunate part of being on the receiving end of that is a lot of people take that and and take a huge rejection hit and then take it against their self-worth. And they then feel, especially women, I find, at least I've personally experienced that. And so I think there's a way to be able to receive that with 
you know, seeing the person's heart and love behind it versus just taking it as like, oh my gosh, this is a hit against my self-worth. I'm unworthy. I'm blah, 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 blah. Because a lot of people fall into that pattern as well if they're told the actual truth. You have to do it with kindness. I mean, God's word commanded of you, let everything be, let everything you do be done in love. Um, He talks about truth and grace. So not just hitting on the truth without the grace part. And so there's a, there's a part of that is I think sometimes we get insecure in the hard truth we're about to deliver and we just go in and we kind of shut our eyes and, you know, and just work our way through it. But you can't do that. We're, we're all a part of the human experience. Yeah. And so just acknowledge, Hey, what I'm saying is really hard. It's also hard for me to say, and, and I'm so sorry. And I wish this had a different outcome, but you know, this is, this is where we've gotten. And, and if, if you leave here and you have unanswered questions, I'll do the best I can to answer those questions. I don't want Mm -hmm. you to leave confused. So just some empathy goes a long way as well. Yeah. And just thank you for also at the beginning of that answer saying like, don't like over spiritualize or just blame it on God, because I think that happens too often. It's really easy for us to be like, well, God just told me you're not, you're not the one. (laughs) It's a really mature state, immature statement. Like if somebody says that, I mean, that's a mark of immaturity. If someone is just, you know, um, Blaming their feelings and emotions on God, I think, is a mark of immaturity. Mm, Totally. Okay. So it seems like if the breakup has happened, now we're moving into like the breakup time. So there can be significant hurt and hesitations to maybe date again within the community. And so how do we, I guess, and I'm sure you've probably experienced this or heard of this happening in your community. I hear about it all the time, but how do we healthily continue to date after a breakup has happened and not actually blacklist someone else so that they're not dateable for other people in our community? Yeah. I mean, I think I just, I mean, we all have you know, jealousy and envy and greed mm-hmm. are uh, emotions and sinful patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, in the spirit of leaving someone better than you found them, I think, you know, you, you have to be honest and, um, and, and it's okay to say, Hey, this is going to be hard for me to tell you, but the truth is like, I really think he would be a great guy for you to date or a great girl for you to date. And I just, I, that, that's a beautiful way. Like in the Bible, the only example we have of dating in the Bible is arranged marriages. Mm. And so the, you know, it was, it was people, it was like mom and dad saying, Hey, this is who you're going to marry. A lot of times they'd meet uh, the day of the wedding or just before. And so the, I think the new, you know, the 20, that, the 2018 version of arranged marriages are just uh, in, in the song of Solomon uh, chapter one, verse four, I believe it just says their friends praise their love more than wine. And so what I think about is just that all the friends in the community of the faith looking at two people who care about each other saying, man, that just makes sense. Or two people that they know well saying, you guys should be together. I know you well, and I know you well, and y'all should be together. Yeah. And so, Kate, you've said a lot just in here just about dating in community. Um, there, there's this idea that, you know, going through the world, looking for the needle in the haystack for the one person, is it's a little bit of a daunting idea. And the truth is, you're really looking through at a, at a much smaller group of people. It's people who are running hard after God. Mm-hmm. That's that's the starting place. And um, and then maybe even closer, it's like people who are running hard after God, somewhere around the vicinity that you're running hard after God. And so that that narrows down the search that you would look mm-hmm. the you know um, the search criteria or the people that you would actually look for. And so there, I think you can rely on the help of others to, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Can you help me find this? And those are really healthy and, and good conversations. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that, the idea of the one, because we've talked about that before, that that's like a really problematic statement, just like looking for the one, the one, the one. 
Um, because I mean, and that's, what's inundated to us by Hollywood. I'm here in LA, right? Like that's all we get is like, you're just supposed to have this spark, this amazing, like magical chemistry with someone. You'll just know, and you'll just know, you know, you know that it's the one for you. And I've actually had someone tell me, you're just not the one for me. I'm like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) But I think it can be problematic. Yeah. Consider the, the marriage statistics of LA, you know, and the people who are telling <laughs> us that there's one out there for you. I say the one is out there with the, you know, the Oompa Loompa, the tooth fairy and the unicorn. The, the way I hit this home really is I just, I stand in front of thousands of people and I say, listen, you know, I married my wife, Monica. Is there someone out there better for her than me? And, uh, and the truth is absolutely like I'm, she's mm-hmm. five, three, I'm six foot, seven inches tall. You know, I like guns and motorcycles in the UFC. And she's this sweet, you know, caring, kind, compassionate, gentle. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, there's a, a lot of guys out there that would be more compatible for her than I, but the truth is she's the one for me because she's the one I said I do to, and we're committed to each other. And there's a, a lot of girls, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of girls that I could have married and been happy with mm-hmm. and hundreds of thousands of men that she could have married and been happy with. But that's the the journey. She loved God. I loved God. And God has blessed that decision. Now we have three kids, you know, 13 years later, God's blessed that decision for us to be committed to each other. Because mm-hmm. if you have the idea, you subscribe to the idea of the one, then at some point in marriage, you're going to think, oh, I married the wrong one. Because marriage mm-hmm. is hard. Yeah. It's two incompatible sinners, mm-hmm. you know, being selfless toward one another. It's it's difficult. So mm, So true. I love that picture. I love it. There could have been a lot of other people that you guys both could have married. And so it's the truth. And I think Tim Keller talks actually a lot about that in The Meaning of Marriage, which I love that book. I feel like it's just a prereq for anybody getting married. Everyone should read that book. Um, But he talks about that too. It's like we, if we are just focused on this idea, like any one person could be technically an okay match for you in some ways, right? Especially in the Christian world. Like if they love Jesus, awesome. But um, yeah, if we're just looking for the one that is really troublesome and in marriage and yeah, later down the line, you're going to realize, oh my gosh, I'm maybe I married the wrong one. And then you'll have doubts and you have questions and the idea of the consumeristic mentality might take over and then you like that could lead to divorce um, and unsatisfaction. So yeah, thank you for saying that. And so, okay. One of the last things I really want to touch on here is, is um, within dating communities and this one is a huge pain point. And I think it's a lot of people deal with this. I've dealt with it. A lot of my friends have dealt with it. It's all over the place. But how do we navigate dating people that our friends have dated? And like timing of that, like how to go about that healthily, what kind of conversations to have? Because I think when there's a heart tie, especially if like, you know, it's been a serious relationship, that can be more, it can be harder. And it, it, it's just, there's maybe more feelings, emotions, hurt, pain involved. So what is your, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. You know, I go back to let everything you do be done in love. Mm. Uh, I think having honest conversations is a great starting point. Um, you know, Philippians two says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others more important than yourself. Mm. Um, so, I, you know, you start with a, probably a conversation with that friend mm-hmm. and um, just out of respect for them and say, hey, I'm, I'm really interested in, you know, this person that you dated. Um, and and I don't think you have to have their permission. I want to be clear, mm. but I think you should do everything within um, 
within your control to be honest and respectful and forthright so that they're not walking around, you know, tiptoeing on eggshells or wondering what's going on. Yeah. And so I just think, you know, that's, that's the way, the best place to start is just with honesty, um, keeping the, the conversation open, you know, letting them offering to them say, Hey, as this gets hard, feel free to reach out to me and we can talk about it. But this is the direction I see this moving. Mm. A question for you. If like, it's a man and woman, they're friends and there's another person in the situation that the other, you know, like, let's say I'm a girl who has a girlfriend and, um, and she dated a guy that I'm interested now interested in, but I'm not sure fully if I'm interested in him yet. Is there a level that I can explore that with that guy and kind of figure that out first before I tell my friend? Do you know what I mean? Like I've actually had the situation come up before, which is why I asked, because you want to be really respectful to the other person, but you also don't want to necessarily bring up anything prematurely per se, you know, to to cause, because yeah. I think one of the challenges of this podcast and why I, I love that you're doing this and, um, you know, I, I would encourage people to go back and listen to other episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just the lots of, I've addressed dating lots of times on, on the porch oh, live yeah, or the awesome. porch in the app store. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many nuanced situations, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, you know, and there's so many details in the nature of that, those relationships that you just referenced that it's hard for me to give blanket advice. Yeah, right. I'm sure you can explore, you know, that guy without talking to her, or, you know, or you need to talk to her first. I, I there's so many nuanced aspects to that. And so I do believe in the Holy spirit Yeah, and just, you know, lots of prayer. Uh, I do believe, you know, the Proverbs tells us about 16 times that wisdom comes from the council of many. And so as you have a community group, you're talking in that community, Hey guys, what do you think? You know, Mm. would you, would you guys give me some advice? Do you have any scriptures that speak into this? And uh, so community and prayer and God's word, I think can really help you understand, you know, what the, what the next step to take is. Mm, So good. Yeah. I thank you for that too, because it is hard. There's a lot of nuances and there isn't one surefire way to date well. And that's kind of why we're here, right? It's like these murky waters and we get so many questions, especially about dating and community that I'm like, you know, that's why we're all about that in today's episode, but it's hard. There's not one blanket way, but bring in a lot of people, be extremely prayerful about it. Listen to what the Holy spirit is telling you. And make sure that you are, you know, being truthful with people in your community too. And I think that's really big as well. Make sure you're actually sharing what's really happening with people. Yeah. So I would just say to those, to the listeners that are are single and interested in dating, like I want to empathize. Dating is hard. It's a, uh, it's, it wasn't really a part of God's original design. We don't see it anywhere in his word. And now, you know, it's something that we do in 2018. It really has dark roots. Dating started in the late 1800s as a euphemism for prostitution. And so that's where the, how the word shows up on the mm-hmm. scene. In the 40s, you know, a guy would, would exchange a date with a girl for in exchange for sexual favors. So it has mm-hmm. has these really dark roots. Wow. And now we, we use it to try to find the person that we're going to spend the rest of our life with. And we think that we've gotten better at this, but we really haven't. Like the statistics would not show that we've gotten better at choosing a spouse than than in centuries past. And so just as we do this, I do think there's this return back to God's values, the ideal, understanding that God made man and woman. Uh, God gave us the desires he did. God invented marriage. And just we need to return back to, okay, what does God desire for this? And I, I understand that it's hard. And uh, we're just, we're doing the best we can as we're guided by his word. Mm, So good. 
All right, JP, today's just been so awesome. You brought so much true wisdom. I love hearing you being on the dating front lines in your community. And so I asked every um, guest uh, the same question to end. And, you know, you've shared so much wisdom with us today, but what would be one final piece of nugget dating advice that you would have for the listeners? I think um, it's, it's along the lines that I just said. Yeah. Everything that we're doing in life is, is preparing us uh, for some future moment. You were becoming something and great husbands and, and great dads and great wives and great mothers do not just happen. They, it's not like you one day can just decide to be that yeah. they happen based on decisions that you make when you're 18, when you're 21, when you're 25, when you're 32 and uh, really the, what, what you're training for something, you know, you're training for your future. And so be really mindful of what you're thinking about, what you're watching, what you're feeding your heart, and just the foundation that you're building on right now. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage everyone listening, you know, to pursue Christ with reckless abandon. Yeah. Uh, don't don't date anyone who's not already married very very well to Jesus. And I know that sounds so churchy uh, and cliche, <laughs> no, it. but it but there's but there's nothing new under the sun. And I think that's the best advice I could give anyone. Mm, so so good, so rich. All right, JP. Well, this has been awesome. I hope everyone goes out now and purchases your book and they can get it online, right? The Welcome to Adulting. Yeah, Welcome to Adulting. I love it. Okay, everyone has to go purchase JP's book and check out The Porch. You guys have a podcast, right, too, and an an actual app, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The Porch in the App Store or the Android Store or the porch.live online. So many things. Well, thank you just so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your heart, your, your, all of your advice, being on the front lines. We just appreciate it so, so, so much. Thank you, friend. It's, it's been a joy. You're awesome. God's uh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Y'all, I get it. Dating is hard. And sometimes dating and community is even harder. I know what it's like. And for sure, the struggle is real. So I'm just so grateful for JP's advice and insight today. There really is not one set way to do this correctly, you guys. There isn't. However, we really do sometimes need a reality check about dating and community and making sure we're being bold as well as honest, clear, and loving with everyone. I love the metaphor JP says about the house when you go away on a trip. Make sure that you leave the place better than you found it. That's what we need to do with dating and community and really just in general. Always leave the person that you're dating better than you found them. Not with a heartbreak or confusion or lack of clarity. Rather, just be honest with them if it's not working out. And be sure to consult friends, pray about it a bunch, and give it a lot of thought beforehand. Also, y'all, don't forget to check out JP's new book, Welcome to Adulting. It's awesome. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heart of dating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends.